its timeout, its bull price. It's our coaching session on leadership. And this coaching session covers leadership courage. Sometimes we wonder what courage really is. We wonder what the word really means. But most of all, we wonder what's the interpretation of courage in my life as a leader. May I ask you on an A4 page, just somewhere in the center to draw a circle and to write down five words that would aptly describe courage or being courageous in your life. You as a leader. I can remember some leaders when they did this exercise, someone wrote, well, it's the path of your heart. It's owning and understanding your own direction, your true north and living to it. It's living from the heart and exercising acts of the heart. But I'm wondering what yours are. First thing we need to pay attention to as leaders is to realize that we need courage. Courage is the ability that lifts us right out of the ordinary and brings us into the extraordinary. And I can promise you, the moment you pay attention to being courageous and leading courageously from your heart, you will find that your life will be a light that will influence others and will be attractive to others in ways that you cannot even begin to imagine or perceive and conceive right now. I'd like you to please to look at the space on your page and I'd like you to draw seven squares or triangles at random around the circle because I'm going to give you uh, seven aspects of courage that I want to coach you on and to help you to unpack the courage to be. So the first square, I'd like you to write inside that square, the courage to be. I can remember as a young boy, um, young student, I was being tutored by a minister and he was really mentoring me in a very, very proactive way and developing my life because he noticed there were certain things um, that were happening in my life that he saw. I'm not always too sure what he saw. And looking back years um, from those moments backwards, I'm sometimes concerned that he pushed me a little too far, too fast, too soon. That created for me some issues later on in my life. But nevertheless, all things that work together, and I'm just thankful for the fierce grace um, that has been applied in my life. The grace that uh, is filled with absolute reality and is not always a kind of grace that comes to my rescue. But nonetheless, he watched me very, very closely, paid attention to the realities in my life. And that was a stage when I was trying to mimic a whole lot of other people, some heroes that I had in my life. There was a speaker, a national speaker that I mimicked in some of the speeches. 
and I tried to speak like him and be like him. Um, there was a singer and I tried to sing his songs. Um, got some of it right and uh, did some of it well. And one day he called me into his study and walked over to the piano, opened up the lid of the piano and played one single note while asking me the question, Bill, what's the name of this note? And he struck the note with his finger. It resounded with clarity in the room. I heard it resonate. It flowed as if from the bookshelf across the way, over his desk, to where I was standing. I wished I could be standing anywhere else, but it focused on me, began to resonate in me, and I felt it's the power of its resonance. He played it again. What's its name, Bill, the name of this note? I shook my head. I said to him, I, I'm not musical. I've gone for lessons, but I can't at random tell you what the note is that's being played. He smiled, and then his face became serious, and he said these words. Bill, this note is called Be Natural. And I learned my lesson that day like never before. Be me. He then began to proceed to tell me that God created me, uniquely me, and that there's no one else like me, that when I was created, the blueprint was torn up, and even if I was a twin, I would still be uniquely me. The art of life, he said, and the art of success in life is to discover your being, to discover your essence. He handed me a book written by one of the Jewish philosophers, and I really struggled to read it because I was still this young teenager trying to find myself, never mind trying to find my being. But it began to birth within me a search, a search that over many, many years took me through much pain, through much reality, and on one occasion through some counseling and therapy where the therapist looked at me and said, are you willing to walk through your own shadow? Because at some stage, as a leader, when you walk in the light, you will have to walk through your own shadow. And so there's a shadow part to me. There's a being part. There's a light part to me. But all of me is all of me. And the light and the shadow make up who I am. One is not bad and one good. It just is. One of the greatest lessons that I learned in my life as a young man, when I read from that Jewish philosopher who said, it just is. You just are. God just is. Life just is. Reality just is. And that reality will set you free when you understand that it just is. There's nothing else to be said. The courage to be me. The courage to begin to look at me and to discover who I am. And you can email me at bill.price at me.com, bill.price at me.com, and I will send you some websites that you can visit for you to work through some personal tests so that you can learn a few things about yourself, about who you are, about your essence, about your makeup about your values, about your talents, about your gifts, 
about your capacity. The more I get to know me, the more I get to know the God who created me. And the courage to be me, thoroughly me and fully me, is one of the greatest acts of courage that one can ever dream to allow to flow from within into the world in which you live and lead. In a second block, I'd like you to write the word vision. I want to encourage you as a leader to dream about your vision. The ability as a leader to pay attention to your dream is locked deeply within your desires. So, first of all, I'm going to ask you some questions about your vision, the vision for your own life. And these questions sound like, so what do you most deeply desire for your life? Or what's most precious about your life? And what would you say is the center around which your life evolves and revolves? And if you could um, replay the tape and press the pause button and replay the DVD, what would be different if you could do it differently? It's understanding the answers to these questions that help you to understand that you need to have the courage to dream about your vision. I can remember as a young man, I grew up in a fire station and my greatest dream was to be a fireman, to be like my dad, who at that time was a fire chief. I longed to put on the, the gear and the helmets and the boots and the protective clothing and the gloves and climb on that red engine and go speeding down roads to save lives, to put out fires, to save property. That became a reality later on in my life. But I'd like to read a little poem, a poem by Mary Oliver, and the poem is entitled When Death Comes, and it reads thus. When it's over, I want to say all my life, I was a bride married to amazement. I was a bridegroom taking the world into my arms. And when it's over, I don't want to wonder. If I've made my life something particular and real, I don't want to find myself sighing and frightened or full of argument. I don't want to end up simply having visited the world. Amazing. Put intention into operation in your life and allow your dream and your vision and give it courage to live. Breathe on it courage so that it can be part of you. The interesting thing, when I look at the life of Christ, a lot of people say that he had a vision, but what's more interesting to me is that he wove that vision into his being. In fact, he was his vision. He was the center of his vision. He allowed his being to live. 
He allowed his essence to throb. He allowed his life. He was courageous enough to allow the dream that he had of a glory that was set before him to live out in daily life one frustrating moment at the next but incourageously with with courage to pay attention to how that was lived out. Allow yourself sentences that come to mind. Write them down. Allow yourself explanations of how you would like to live your life and start writing things down. And notice how you feel about those things, what you believe about what you write down. And consciously begin to choose the things that have a deep sense of connection and meaning for you. Harness those energies and synergies and put everything you have and give yourself a courageous moment by saying, I am allowed to dream and I am allowed to have a vision and I'm going to give myself courage for it to live triumphantly. In the next block, I'd like you to write the word current reality. Current reality. You and I need to have absolute courage to live in our current reality. It's interesting that in the most quoted scripture, that you will know the truth and the truth will set you free, that the one translation of the word is actually the word your reality will set you free. When you stare your reality, your current reality, that will set you free. It's not about truth, about a lie, the opposite of a lie. It's about your current reality. And sometimes we don't, we're not willing to be courageous and we don't want to see the parts. So we close ourselves off to the things that we don't want to see and we skillfully avoid it. A friend of mine watched a movie and he came back and began to report on the movie and said it was such a great movie. And it was about a missionary who eventually turned into a terrorist. And he said it was so sad in that moment. And he wished that the movie would stop at that point because he knew that the gospel says that there is a better way to go. And I said to him, so what was it in you that you wanted the movie to turn out the way that you wanted it to and not in the way in which the movie had been prescribed or written. You wanted it to be your way, your reality or your, ver your version of reality. And sometimes our version of reality is pictured in a perfect little picture that says nothing can go wrong. Nothing's allowed to go wrong. So we, when we don't have courage to face our reality, then denial comes into our lives. And when we're faced with information uh, that contradicts our view of reality, we simply refuse to acknowledge it. I can remember a friend of mine who said to me, with all the signs and symptoms of having a cold, that he didn't have a cold. And I said to him, but you sound like you've got a cold. Your nose is running. You sound like you've got a cough. Your throat is sore. I can see it. Your eyes are watery. You hunched. He says, no, I don't have a cold. I just have the symptoms of a cold. 
I'm going, well, if you have the symptoms of a cold, my friend, you've got a cold. And stop denying it. Somehow we think that if we can just deny it, that that's faith in action. Sadly, not so. So if we don't deny it, then we'll repress it. And just remember this, what we repress will be expressed and projected into our lives and into the lives of others. And repression is simply a defense mechanism that we use to block out and forget painful experiences. We're going, no, that never happened. It didn't happen. I'm simply going to forget it. I'm going, no, the way to work with it is to embrace it and to learn from it and then to do something else with it other than just simply allow it in terms of repression. Then, if that doesn't work and we don't face our reality, we'll project or we'll distort. And projection and distortion are other defensive tools that we use to shape and reinterpret our reality that's in front of us. So we distort what's there, what we see, and we project an image of a preconceived idea. We're going, no, 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 that person really, really likes me. And I'm going, no, he doesn't like you. Get the picture. He really doesn't like you. So why are you trying to um, project and distort the picture? Accept the fact that you can not be liked. It's as simple as that. Breathe in and breathe out and live. And as my um, young grandchild, uh, my granddaughter said to me the other day, Grandpa, just build a bridge and get over it. And we need to learn to be able to do that. So we need to look at our lives, our work life, our friendships, our relationships, our health, how we feel about ourselves, our emotional life, our spiritual life, our career, our finances, most of all our finances, and ask this question, how courageous am I in terms of being absolutely real and face the facts? In the next block, I want you to have the courage to give yourself the liberty to learn and grow. Learning and growing is one of the most amazing experiences in life. The ability to make a mistake and to be vulnerable and to learn and to say, you know what, I did make a mistake and what I've learned from that mistake is, what I've learned about myself is, what I've learned about others, what I've learned about life, what I've learned about God, what I've learned about the universe, what I've learned about leadership and management and income and expenses and profits and losses, what I've learned, what I've learned. You taught, then you were a teacher, but you find out more when you learn yourself. And the courage to learn is the ability to commit yourself to challenge the assumptions that you hold as sacred cows in your life, those golden calves. And the day we stop learning and the day we stop growing is the day that we start dying. We need to learn. We need to make changes in our life. And it's living with change that allows us to learn the greatest. We need to learn to be in the moment. We need to learn to be curious. We need to be courageous with our curiosity and find out what's the deeper things. Go deep. 
We need to let go of I knew. We need to be courageous to let go of being right. We need to be courageous to step into the unknown and ambiguity. We need to be courageous to listen with an open heart. And if I can be courageous to do these things, then I'm giving myself the greatest, the greatest gift, and that's the gift to learn and grow. Imagine dying and have never grown. Sometimes I listen to people's stories and they tell me that they've had 28 years of experience and after having listened to their story, I come to a sad conclusion that they lived the same year 28 times in a row. That's not growing. That's just repetition. In the next block, I want you to write the word I'm giving myself the courage to be confronted and to confront. The ability to confront people, to confront situations, to confront what's right and what's wrong will be one of your greatest confrontations as a leader. You'll be hearing yourself saying these words, this is totally unacceptable and you go cold in the face, no expression with your eyes, no expression with any feature on your face. Just go cold and confront as you look with both eyes into the other person's eyes and say, what has happened is totally unacceptable. It is wrong. And then the gift of courageous capacity to be confronted, to be on the other side of that statement. I listened to a sermon once by Dr. Henry Cloud, a psychologist, who said, wise people are people that admit when they are confronted. Foolish people make excuses. Evil people attack. The final block is the block where you give yourself courage to love and to act. When you and I learn that life is about living and loving to live. And we live that life in such a marvelous way that we live our current reality and within it. We live a life where we can be confronted and confront others. We live a life where we can grow. But to be able to love with an open heart, to listen to others, to be sustained by that love, and to support others with that love is a very, very courageous act. To give myself the courage to act on my decisions and my choices. To attune my heart to the encounter that I've just had. And to live out in my feet, through my hands, an action, a creaction, which will create a reaction. But that will change the world and the lives of people around me. You and I have that joy and privilege to live a courageous life. The final square is open and I'd like you to ponder and ask this question. What else do I need to be courageous about? What other gift do I need to give myself in terms of being courageous as a leader? I'm proud of you. It's Bill Price. Until our next coaching session.